0: Get your head out of the clouds. Get your feet back on the ground. Get stuck into pop culture. With stick
1: around. Hello there, and welcome to Stick Around, the podcast crushing it like Half Thor Bjornsson. Brought
2: to you by Body Disposal Records. <laughs> Do they make all of your metal music, Michael? Not quite. They've been. They're a, they're a local label started by a pirate, pioneering young funeral director <laughs> with, an, with, with an interest in metal. So yeah, I'm sure they will be um, shortly. Have they got
0: cattle decapitation on there?
2: Because that seems like they're not, that, that would be a big catch. As far as I know, their only signing so far is um, an emergent band called Cremulator. <laughs> <laughs> So, wow. watch this space.
0: <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, do you want to, do you want to tell us
2: what a, what a Cremulator is,
0: Michael? Because from, I didn't know. From
2: what I know, as well as an exciting new metal band, it's a bone-crushing machine.
0: Ah, okay.
2: Although I do, I do, I do suspect that this um, the, the founder of this label may be quite busy in the coming months. So we'll, we'll see how committed they can be to the label, <laughs> won't we? <laughs>
0: Jeez. At what point do you have to crush bones? I'm trying to work this out. Because you either
2: bury them or burn them. Christ knows. <laughs> I haven't researched it. We'll, we'll get back to you on that one, Clive. Um, <laughs>
1: good, because I'm a bit weird, confused about it. <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Okay, you're here for stick around. Um, maybe, is this the fourth or the third of the lockdown? Third, I think.
0: I think he's the third, yeah. yeah, or 148 overall. Yeah, um,
2: I feel like it, more than three, does it?
1: I mean, it feels like I don't know how long we've been locked down for. It, you know. It, yeah. Um, Michael Johnson, fresh from uh, emptying his bowels, is here <sighs> with us. Jaffs <laughs> <laughs> This, these are
2: big events. These, you've got to be ready. You know, you've got to feel physically right to feel mentally right.
0: <laughs>
1: that's your quote of wisdom for
0: today's episode absolutely uh,
1: and we have the man who turds but four times a year clive Fisher.
0: <laughs> ahoy, ahoy um i'm feeling physically not quite right so we'll see if this sort of this will be a good testing ground for michael's philosophy <laughs> yeah. if it all goes shit shit turns into a big shit show Oh, well, that's probably a Terrible choice of words there, based on what we've been talking about a second ago. Um, if it yeah, if it all goes tits up, we know why. Mm.
1: Okay. Well, um, to get this shit show off the ground, um, <laughs> let's go to Michael Johnson to start us off. Be- before we do that, I don't think I
2: can operate without knowing... What Josh Keefley's phoned in for us? Because from what I heard, from what I heard, heard, there was something.
0: There is. There is some. It's funny you should bring that up, Michael. I was going to save this for the end because last time we. uh, But I think you're right. I think we should keep keep up the thing that we explode the best thing straight away. Because why not? Um, I like to blow my load really early, and (laughs) I'm going to carry on carry on doing that now. Um, live for you on on air we've somewhere. covered
2: a lot of bodily fluids already today so we can chop that mean,
0: off. we just need to talk about piss and we're done <laughs> um, right I've got this here so I'm going to try and just play this into the mic so hopefully you can hear it if it's sounds oh, wow. terrible I might I might um, paste it in on the edit later if edit, edit, edit it in, it'll sound good for the listeners <laughs> Jesus, okay <laughs> he's demanding this guy. He's not doing any of the editing. Taking the piss, isn't he? <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> sure is. Right, we're we ready. This is uh, what well, Josh has sent me a lovely little voice recording. I'm just going to play into the mic. I think I will edit this in. My first thought was to use this as an opportunity to pass another underappreciated opinion. Specifically regarding the stomach churning nature of the new San Diego Chargers uniforms, but in <coughs> hindsight, they really are starting to grow on me, especially the alternative logo and its Blink 182 connotations. On that musical note, here instead is a recommendation the song Lightsaber Cocksuckin' Blues by the British post hardcore band McCluskey. Come for the song title, stay for the lyrics. Watch the video too if you can for
1: a different layer of intensity. <laughs> <laughs> wow, That's okay, that end. is a, I mean, he never a... lets you down, does he? He just doesn't <laughs> <laughs> Michael, you, uh, have you heard of that? Uh,
2: I've never listened to McCluskey but yeah, I am aware of them and they're, uh, they're, uh, the album widely considered their best McCluskey Do Dallas I don't know if that song's from that album but... I believe it is actually, yeah
0: I was just looking at it earlier um, I listened. I listened to this to prep myself uh, great, great song, um, pretty much as you'd expect. <laughs> yeah. I love the fact that the guy seems to be getting more and more, well, I guess angry throughout the song, but also just losing his mind. <laughs> <laughs> Considering it's only a two-minute song, it's, it's, an, it's an impressive uh, sort of event. Yeah, and, and the video is just an impressive level of lo-fi um, that's perfect. <laughs> right, I can imagine. And, and, and intense at the same time. I don't know why I've never yeah, so listened yeah. to that album, because I've, I've heard it praised a lot over the years. I think I'm gonna have to check it out because based on that song, it's just yeah, it's perfect. I love, I just love his vocal style. Right. Uh, there's a, there's a line, oh, what is it? It's not the, the line itself; it's the way he performs it that is just fabulous. Uh, <coughs> but which I'll I'll have a look now while we uh, while we talk. Uh, but I thought I'd ask you two, because you're probably more on the NFL. I've seen the, <coughs> uh, um, the Chargers uniforms. There's one in particular that's quite bright in a lot of ways. It's like bright blue, bright yellow, bright. Just everything's bright and it's a bit, reminds me of um, Josh Keithley's, you know, back in, we used to play Madden quite a lot, me and Josh. Um, and there was, you could make your own team. I don't know if this is still a thing in Madden or not. Um, and we used to then draft uh, just all the players from the NFL into both our teams. So obviously they'd be really kick-ass teams. Um, <laughs> and we'd make our own uniforms and Josh one year made this uniform that was just horrendous like it, <laughs> we literally played the game for about 2 minutes and just couldn't hack it it was that bad it was hurting our eyes and it was a sort of garish purple pink i can't even fucking remember gold i think was in it yes yeah, some yellow i can't remember but it was just horrid uh, and <clears throat> it reminds me of a, a lesser version of that um where it's a little bit of an assault on the eyes
1: I, i'm assuming that's tactical by the charges um Minor keyfully criticism, I'm pretty sure Josh referred to them as the San Diego Chargers, which they will be forever in my heart, but um, unfortunately, Los Angeles nowadays.
0: Yeah, that's true. Have you uh, seen, what's the new logo? I've not seen it. Well,
1: that's what I was going
2: to say, I I feel like I've dropped the ball on this, because I'm not aware of the Blink 182 connotations of any alternative logo. No, I'm I'm hoping, I really hope that it is a porn star preparing to give an enema. That would be amazing.
0: <laughs> Maybe we'll uh, get Josh to explain that next time. I'm just having a look now. I don't know which is the... There's, there's so many logos coming up. I don't know what the new one is. So who knows?
2: Uh, yeah, I've just I've I've googled Los Angeles Chargers uniform, and I can see some. I don't know if they're real or not, or just something someone's designed. But they basically look like Power Rangers.
0: Yeah, it's, <laughs> I think that's
2: probably. It. I hope. Oh, Where well, they're all in a row. Yeah, I hope those yeah, are real. I suspect they're not.
0: No, they are. I think. I oh think my that's god! The ones. And I think it's the second one from the second one from the left, uh, which <laughs> is the one I'm thinking of. Where everything—I mean, I love bright colours. In fact, I kind of love it, but I don't know if, I, if eleven of them on the pitch would just be a bit intense. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> uh, but yeah, because. Great, uh, great points there, and I'm going to look up that lyric um, while we waffle on and bring it up later on. Okay. Um, we, we, well, I look forward to more Josh input because it's always good. Yeah, nice. Um, Keith Lee Connor. I particularly enjoyed the fact that he spoke this one.
2: Yes. Yes. Great to hear his voice.
0: Yeah, because I missed it.
1: Well, without further ado, another man with a great voice, some would say. <laughs> um, Michael. <laughs>
2: wow. Thank you. Um yeah, I'm going to uh, I'm going to well in a similar way that I did with um with um uh, The Shining and a couple of albums talking about um the theme of hotels last time, I'm just going to talk about I'm going to talk about some thoughts on some general stuff rather than anything specific, uh, something I'm pretentiously going to call a thought capsule. So. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, So I'm going to, well, recently, basically, I think the the idea is some of the, um, same as that last time, as I mentioned, um, some of the art and culture that we find ourselves gravitating towards for whatever reason during lockdown. And what I found in recent weeks I've been doing is um, consuming things that basically have a theme of media And um, I mentioned Sorry to Bother You last time, which definitely ties into that, but I'm not really going to focus on that. Uh, I watched the 1976 film Network for the first time, uh, which I hadn't seen before. So that's a film uh, by Sidney Lumet, stars Faye Dunaway, Peter Finch, uh, William Holden, Robert Duvall, um, and was, I believe, one of the most acclaimed films of the mid-'70s in Hollywood. And the basic idea of the film is that uh, an on-air presenter essentially has a breakdown and begins ranting and raving on air in a way that the network is initially hostile to, but quickly realises that it can utilise um, to its own advantage in terms of ratings. And at that point he's basically given his own slot to continue on these um, sort of madcap rants and is portrayed as the mad prophet of the airwaves in a way that seems to be... Um, profitable for the network, at least for a period of time. And it basically ties in thematically with uh, a book that I've finally finished reading. Um, A book that was first... well, I first became aware of it seven years ago, I think. Uh, And I could see that it was something that would really interest me. Mentioned it to Alex, who then got me it for a birthday, either that year or the year after, I think. And my my discipline with reading books is so poor that I've finally just managed to finish reading it. Uh, I started it late last year, then had a big gap, and have burnt through it in the last couple of weeks. And that is uh, Look Who's Back by the German author Timo Vermes. The plot of the book is that Hitler wakes up in modern-day Germany, or Germany of eight years ago, and um, he's mistaken for a satirical performer who is impersonating Hitler... And quickly goes on a sort of exponential rise through uh, the media and back into politics, and it's a fascinating and entirely plausible commentary on the way that the media operates and people are able to um, to use the media to promote their ideas. And I think it's incredible that the book. I mean, I knew it was. When I first came across it all those years back I knew it was playing around with these sort of themes and um the way that the media operates in modern society. But it's amazing to think that this was years before Trump became involved in the US presidential race, or at least successfully this time. And it's it's I mean, it's just incredible really how the book anticipates that sort of development, I think. Albeit from a specific um historical viewpoint and a, a sort of German focus. I think the. Well, there's there's tie ins because um, in Network, in the scenes where um, Peter Finch's character has his own TV show, in my head, as I was reading the book after watching that, I was picturing the exact sort of um, same aesthetics and design uh, for Hitler's speeches in the book as I'd picked up from that. I think there's a massive amount of crossover between the two. What it also put me in light of was. was the fact that... Well, I think the second episode of Black Mirror, 15 million merits, which I think is... I revisited it after some of this because um, it seemed to be related to the same concepts. And I think it's one of the... It's actually one of the more averagely rated Black Mirror episodes, I think, but for me, it's one of my favourite. I think it's definitely one of the strongest in terms of messaging. Uh, I won't go into the plot heavily about that one, but it basically involves the same things. Uh, The idea of um, the way the media co-ops resistance and defiance of capitalism to its own advantage uh, or certainly for as long as it suits to do so as in the film network and in that episode of Black Mirror in particular um, the idea, we see directly that the idea of um, any form of rebellion can be easily assimilated into a capitalist structure and um, turned back round to the advantage of the system uh, and it also it also explores, you know, the idea of um, reality as a massive TV show or reality game show, and the way in which pornography basically haunts the everyday imagery of late capitalism. But the also, I think, in in addition to all of those themes, I think in the book, well, I think it's always been a fascinating concept. I think that um, the idea of if you could like people want the idea of time traveling back to kill hitler in order to stop world war 2 for example and i think it's an interesting thing to explore because i think whether or not you draw an equivalence between a hitler and a trump which some people consider to be a hysterical comparison other people consider to be perfectly valid during the initial um the presidential campaign back in 2016 uh, where we were seeing images of regardless of what you want to draw between the two of them we were seeing images of historical ra- of rallies which co- historically were comparable to things that were, you c- you can still look up and see from 1930s germany coming out of the us uh, the same sort of climate of hostility to the media but also usage of media and propaganda which existed in a sort of un- uneasy symbiosis there and i think you know when you when you look at the way when you look look at the way that, that those two things can be compared. I think there was a genuine theme there of is that the sort of historical opportunity where people who claim that time traveling assassination is a sort of viable idea is that the sort of that's the sort of idea the sort of period where you need to make those sort of moral judgments and decisions. And uh, I think what the book exposes is that even when Hitler. Um, is you know reintroduced into a modern environment people don't act on that in that way they don't find it believable that, that a thing like that would be possible and it was that was the case you know right up to the end of the election people well there's no way that Trump will be elected there's no way that Trump will be elected and then of course it happens and I think that's it's kind of like when you read the book you become sort of fascinated obviously as we are as a culture in Britain with the idea of Nazi Germany and there's it's almost depthless the amount of material there is to explore on that. But when you really start digging into it, it feels like it doesn't feel like it happened in this world. It doesn't feel like it it possibly could have, even though it was a relatively short t- period of time ago. And I think that exposes how we live our lives at a distance from things. Um, we're slightly removed from a lot of the experiences that we go through, even ones that are direct and not ones that happen in other countries. Uh, in other places like they are in the US now or in Germany back then and I think there's a lot of parallels to that around us at the moment during this lockdown you know the idea that um, the idea that we you know we love the NHS but what we really love more than the NHS is the idea of drawing a chalk rainbow on a house or a message of support you know we're happy to put chalk on the side of a house, but we're not happy to put the right pencil mark in a box on election day when it comes to these sort of concepts. And it almost feels like, well, it's like the NHS is a real thing, but we don't really treat it as such. And we're much more interested in you know going out and clapping than we are for actually funding the NHS properly. And I think a lot of these ideas have been rebounding around in my head while I've been consuming this material and I think the question of why is it that I'm so drawn to these things I think it's unconscious but I think obviously during this period we I mean if you were to try and make a, a top you'd struggle to make a top 10 of most ridiculous Trump moments during this pandemic you'd probably have to go for 100 and you know I think there's a, there's a there's a tie in there obviously and the way that the media is beha- <clears throat> behaving during this pandemic, I mean, it's nothing really new, but, you know, it's the same sort of concepts. And when we come out of it, it's going to be, it's going to be, well, I want to say interesting, but it's probably going to be more predictable how they're going to behave, especially because I think if we do see the sort of economic damage that a lot of people are forecasting, then we're going to have a lot of political upheaval and we're going to see the same old media habits reflected again over and over and the wrong people. Uh, making their rise through the media and politics. So I think um, last time when I was talking about various items, it was the idea of isolation that was driving the the things that I was moving towards and taking in. And at the moment it's the media, which is always a fascinating concept anyway, but um, is heightened during these unusual times. So I just wanted to talk about some of the things I've been been taking in and what I thought they meant to me.
1: Mm. Was it an interesting interesting comparisons um i mean network is one of my favorite films of the 70s um i mean it's if nothing else it's got one of the most iconic lines of all time yeah um, i'm as mad as hell and i'm not gonna take it anymore which sounds <laughs> like it's could be a rallying cry were it not from somebody who is obviously deranged um <laughs> yeah and of course, the uh, the image where
2: he implores everyone across the country to go outside their houses and shout that repeatedly, which they then do, um, you know, that tied in directly to uh, you know you can compare that certainly to images that we've seen of people on balconies across countries, you know, singing and doing various things. Those things have been you know represented as far more joyous than obviously that is in the film, but that was an interesting parallel as well.
1: I also thought, um, you know, your your point on uh, "Look Who's Back" um, is is particularly relevant because we don't. It's like we don't take some things in politics seriously enough. Like we'll see people like um, you know Alex Jones, for example, and most yeah. people will treat him as a joke. Which mm-hmm. you know he. He is funny, in a way. Um, you know, he's hilarious, how unhinged he is. but um, Well, yeah, you know, it's exactly the same with Trump, isn't it? I mean, the guy's hilarious, but he's, yeah. he's very much not supposed to be. Yeah, and a lot of people take him very seriously, and we forget the power they actually have. Um, I mean, one of my favourite theories about Alex Jones, which is is a rubbish conspiracy theory, but, you know, funny at the same time, and I think we may have discussed this before... The theory that he's actually been a twenty-five-year-long year satirical project from yeah. a very much not dead Bill Hicks, and there is a, <laughs> there is a slight resemblance as well, so you can see where it started. Um, yeah, well,
2: I mean, the resemblance is the only reason it
1: started, but yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a hilarious thought. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, mesmerically put, Michael, um, mine's gonna seem <laughs> like primary school shit compared to that uh, anything you'd like to add?
0: Uh, other than mine definitely going to seem like primary school shit um, no, I was just going to mention as well that um, that mad as Hell speech is used in a song by a band maybe she will very effectively <laughs> like a post-rock band from Leicester uh, where well, it is used a bit more as a rallying cry because I guess it's taken out of context of the film um, I didn't know post-rock had reached Leicester I love that idea <laughs> um, yeah, they're good. Good band. I'd recommend them. I've not listened to them for a while. Uh, they're introduced to me by James Cable
2: right. of this pod. <laughs> that feels very much like a, a, a burn on Leicester, by the way, Michael. It, unfortunately, <laughs> it is, yeah. I don't know. There's something about there's something about post-rock to me that doesn't fit in well with England. I don't know what it is. I'll have to explore that.
0: <laughs> uh, well, that's a um, thingy post-rocky, isn't it, aren't they? <clears throat> 65 Days of Static.
2: Yeah, I've not listened to them much. Are they a bit heavier, or...?
0: Uh, they're like a bit more
2: mathy is bit what I'd math, say. It's yeah. More yeah, there's a bit lot of tie of them, in between please. a lot of these guitar subgenres, which is very interesting, I think, yeah. I was I was just gonna say about the book, um dark, obviously, from what I've said, but hilarious. Mm. It has to be added. Absolutely oh, yeah. bite, Absolutely
1: biting satire.
2: Amazingly um, written and translated. Hello,
1: probably one of my I mean, like you said, incredible book. Um probably one of my favourite things though is the, the pun on the English language version. Yeah, uh, pr- presumably not written by Timo Vermes. Um yeah. He's back and he's furious. <laughs> 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 Complete
2: yeah. with umlaut, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That is
0: great, I love that. I think I remember you showing me this book a while ago. Yeah, the cover design's amazing it? as well. Yeah, definitely remember this. Yeah, it's a, it sounds interesting. It's definitely a very interesting concept of putting someone like that back into society, a, a newer society and seeing what, happens with the way that they're
2: absolutely treated i think it's ripe for film treatment as well and it did have a german language uh, adaptation but from what i know i can't remember the details because i haven't seen it but i think it was it was surprisingly unconventional in the way it was done and it wasn't
1: that well received i don't think but i think done correctly okay. this could be an amazing film mm-hmm. um l- last point to make by the way or at least from me um on network uh, directed by probably one of the most underrated Hollywood directors, one of those guys who never turns up in conversations about the best ever, but mm. has an amazing back catalogue. Um, aside from Network, you've also got Dog Day Afternoon, you've got uh, Serpico, and one of my very favourite films, uh, Twelve Angry Men. I yeah, mean, okay. Sidney Lumet, uh, incredible director. Yeah,
2: I've only seen this film, Twelve Angry Men, and Dog Day Afternoon, I think. But Dog Day, Def- go on, sorry. Probably his best three, to be fair. Uh huh. Well, Dog Day Afternoon absolutely plays with the same sort of themes of uh, of the way the media works, specifically in the context of a bank robbery, of course. And mm-hmm. uh, just flashing through my head at the moment, also expertly parodied that sort of relationship in the video for Eekville by Ramstein. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen the video That's that. a good video. Yeah, it's worth watching.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, we, we're going from uh, university PhD... to entry-level primary school. Um, But which class are we going to? Let's go to Sheffield. Clive Fisher, what have you got for us?
0: (laughs) I've got a lovely little board game. (laughs) Love it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to carry on my little thing about um, board games in isolation. It was really difficult to figure out what to talk about, so I'm probably just going to talk about one of them and then go on to the next one next time. So I'm going to talk about one... Uh, which is probably more relevant for people who are locked up with a few more people, uh, maybe in a house share or whatever, um, which is called Ticket to Ride, um, which is a famous board game. It won the. It's a German style board game apparently, designed by Eleanor Moon, who's not German, and um, illustrated by Julian Delval and Cyril Daujean. Uh, excellently pronounced there uh, by me. And it came out in 2004. It's published by Days of Wonder. And it's also known as Zug um Zug in German, or Les Aventures de Real in France, or Aventuras Elteren in Spanish. And there's Polish there, that so I'm not even going to try that, because it's got one of those languages where the letters aren't the same. And those types of languages should be banned. <laughs> um, looking at you, Egyptians. <laughs> So, um, yeah, the game won the 2004 Spiel des Jahres, which is one of the most coveted uh, sort of board game awards, really. It's one that increases the sale of a game quite a lot. As you might have guessed, it's a German award. Germans do love a good board game. Um, it also, notably, this one came second in the Schweizer Spiel Prize, the Swiss one. So the Swiss obviously thought there was something better. Um, <laughs> however, notably, that, that award then, the following year, was its last year, probably because they got it really wrong. <laughs> So, yeah, so that's it. So, yeah, it's well awarded. It's done well. It's sold loads of copies. It's a very, very popular board game, but one that people who have only played Monopoly and stuff like that probably haven't heard of. So, I thought I'd talk about it because it's it's good fun. And and I think sometimes these things get so popular people are like, oh, it's so popular, I'm not going to try it. And I'm absolutely one of those people, generally. Um, But I tried this and it's great. And we've been playing it a lot. So, Ticket to Ride is a, uh, as you might have guessed, it's a train board game. So, it's a bit of a set collection, uh, train link building. I suppose is how I'd sum it up. And um, essentially, you've got a board. You've got um, there's loads of different boards, but let's pretend we're doing Ticket to Ride Europe, which is one of the main editions, along with Ticket to Ride USA. Um, Ticket to Ride Europe. We've got the map of Europe. Um, loads of train lines linking between each each city which will be different colours so you might have Edinburgh to uh, London might be orange trains and it might be four orange trains slots or you might have Paris to Zurich which might be two green for example there's six different colours and then there's train cards that have those colour trains on each go you pick up you can either pick up two train colour cards or put down a load of trains and for example to put down some trains you have to uh, if it's a line of four orange you've got our four orange card trains in your hand four orange train cards <laughs> in your hand put them down and then you can put four of your trains onto that route and then no one else can use that exact route again um and the aim of the game essentially is to you can put those wherever you want they don't have to be in a line or anything um and the end of the game, essentially, is to get the most points towards the end of the game. So you get points just for putting trains down. For example, for putting four trains down, you get seven points. For putting uh, the, the biggest route on the map, I think, is eight trains. You get 21 points for doing that one. Uh, and then the one or two routes, you just get one or two points. But the main way to get points is at the start of the game, you'll get like a route that you have to finish, and you get to pick those. So you, your goal might be to get from Edinburgh to, I don't know, Moscow or something. Um, and you might decide that that's your route. So in your game, you're trying to do that, but then you don't know what other people's goals are, so you kind of end up blocking each other off unwittingly, and um, it just becomes interesting as to figuring out whether you want to draw the train cards and save up loads of train cards to then put down trains. Bear in mind, you can only put down one route every go, um, so you can't just save up loads and put down hundreds of trains in one go. Um, But then if you do that, someone else might end up blocking a route that you quite um, that you need, and um, which then means you have to go a really long way around, or maybe it means that you can't do it at all, which makes the game really interesting. Um, it's a good, it's just a really simple game to explain, doesn't take much explaining, and it has, it's got a lot of, uh, ta- enough tactical depth that it's uh, interesting, but also it has pl- plenty of luck in there, which means that it's not going to be the same person winning all the time, generally. Um, if you end up getting like three routes that are on the same route, you're doing pretty well because you might end up getting three route cards by doing just one route, if that makes sense. Uh, because, for example, you might have Edinburgh to Paris and your biggest route might be Edinburgh to Moscow and you can just go through Paris on the way to Moscow and sort of, even though it's a bit longer way around, that means you get you tick off two of your route cards. Um, and obviously it's a bit of luck depending on which cards come up, uh, what you can see in front of you and what uh, whether that fits the routes that you want, all that kind of stuff. But there is a lot of planning in there in terms of making sure that you build your routes before someone else blocks them off. Uh, and it's good fun. Everyone likes building trains, so that's good. It's um, really versatile in that there's lots of different maps. So once you've played uh, Ticket to Ride Europe and got bored of the fact you're just in Europe all the time, you can get US, you can get Japan, you can get Switzerland. If we've got that, obs. Uh, and just pretty much any map you can think of. For some reason, there isn't a South America one at the moment, but which is a shame because I'd like that. And they've all usually got like a bit of a different thing going on in each map, so it doesn't just have a different map. It's like a different something about the game is a little bit different. For example, Ticket to Ride Old West, which we played uh, the other day, is you have to build your trains in a right line. You can't just plonk them anywhere you want. So you kind of start in a certain city, and then you have to build out from there, which changes the game uh, quite a lot actually. Um, and also worth noting is that this one is one we've carried on playing, not because it's it is like for example some of the maps like Switzerland are good two player, and even the Europe map is actually a good two player game, so I'd recommend it. Um, it, it shines most at sort of three to five players, I think, because the more people you get, more likely people uh, blocking off routes and it gets a bit more hectic. Um, and it actually works surprisingly well over video chat, so we've been playing it a lot. We were playing it a lot with Elle's uh, sister's sister and her husband. Um, before the lockdown, and then when the lockdown started we thought we'd give it a crack over, um, over house party chat and it worked surprisingly well. So I'm not going to go explaining into the logistics now, so if anyone's interested, just send an email to stickaroundpodcast at gmail.com and I'll explain to you how to do it. It's uh, a bit of faff, but worth it in my opinion. You just both have to have a copy of the game. Um, but yeah, it's good. we've been having a weekly game every Friday night with various different versions of the map and having a great time. So I'd highly recommend Ticket to Ride. And it also it's just it's, because it's so popular, it's in print everywhere, you can get everything all the time, really. You can get all the expansions. You, you do have to start with either ticket to ride Europe or ticket to ride USA to get the base like train set and stuff in your cards. But once you've got either of those, you can then uh, go on to the expansions and stuff. And it's about generally about 30 quid for the base set, which is good value. it's well made. The uh, you know, lovely little plastic trains, the maps are well drawn and good quality. The cards are good quality. It's a well-produced game, and I'd recommend it. Posted it, Clive, here on my shitty mic. Uh, there's also an app. There's an app. Get it on the app store. Get it on I- iOS. Um, it's I don't know how much it is because it's just telling me open. Because I've already got it. I think it's usually between five and eight quid, somewhere around there. And uh, it's a good way to try the game out. And you can buy additional maps. I think you get the US map, map to start with. You Can have a bit of a go. It's a good way. To, it's a good way to play one player as well. You can play against. Um, AI. Good time. Uh, just thought I'd jot that in there in case anyone was interested. It's a good implementation
1: of the game. Cheers! Oh, I'm pretty sure our group of friends uh, when I say our, I mean my, mine and Michael's who we play board games with. I'm sure somebody has that. I haven't played it but I've heard the name before. Have you played this, Michael? No, I don't believe so. It sounds... Um...
2: I'm not well positioned to critique board games because I'm not very experienced. But it sounds like there's a good amount of strategy involved, which is what I like. So. Uh-huh. But no, I'm not familiar with it. No,
0: it's a good, um, good family game. Like there's a good level of strategy, but not enough to put people off. And it's yeah, also not it doesn't have top. it doesn't have that. Yeah, and a lot of games have that kind of um, a lot of strategic games have a kind of off putting exterior to a lot of people. Like they look a bit boring. You look at them and it's like oh, it's yet another game set in Europe about trading shit <laughs> or. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something like that that's a bit dry and boring. Uh, take a try. involves trains. Kids love trains. Everyone loves trains. And it's just, yeah, P- oh. put in a bit more of an accessible package than a lot of games.
1: <laughs> I've um, an update for you, Clive. Um, I'm not sure. Ooh. I'm still not sure how you say it, but on a ta- is it Onitama or Onitama?
0: I think it's Onitama, is what I've been saying, but, yeah. Uh,
1: well... Listeners won't know this, but Clive and Michael will. I purchased the game after Clive's recommendation. Managed to accidentally buy the German language version. Uh, which isn't an
0: uncommon thing, by the way, in board
1: games. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't read the advert well enough, but as it happens, it hasn't really affected it. Except that um, all of the various moves which have names like <laughs> Crab or Dragon. Now say A or... Um, I don't know what the German for Dragon is, but... Well, you obviously haven't been playing it enough, then, have you? Well, I'm have really <laughs> been... something. <laughs> I haven't really been paying enough attention. But anyway, um, we, we, me and Nicola, uh, my girlfriend, have played it quite a lot. It's currently 8 uh, 0 to me, uh, so pressure's on Nicola. Oh, really? <laughs> I wonder why he wanted to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> um, my st- I I don't know how you play it, Clive, but my strategy is just to take for fucking ever on every single go, making sure I'm not putting my men in danger. And I think I'm think I'm boring <laughs> Nicola to death. Um <laughs> sacrificing her king, you know. That is well, that's obviously working.
0: That's how was, it's eight 0 Yeah, it does. You can you can definitely do that. Take take ages and figure out the best possible. Uh, and you can make sure that your guy stays safe at least for the next turn you could probably make sure for longer if you've got the, the headspace for it but <laughs> I tend to try and play it a little bit more
2: quickly but yeah
0: you, to be fair it doesn't take that long to run through all the options cause no it doesn't cards
2: not really, really. Wayne, um, you're basically, um you're basically that guy I mentioned I, disgracefully I can't remember his name or anything about him uh, who I mentioned from that episode of the Netflix show, Losers, the guy who, oh, yeah. who played curling so defensively that they had to change the rules of the sport. You're basically him. You?
1: We'll have to get a timer, maybe like 10 seconds maximum per go. Or
0: oh, God, I couldn't handle that. because <laughs> even, even if it was a reasonable time, the fact I'm being timed then makes my brain just not work. Uh, so it would just be horrendous. You could give me a 10-minute timer and I'd be like, fuck, fuck! <laughs> well, my it, brain just cannot handle that
1: Anyway, I can confirm that it's an excellent game um, 15 minutes ago just like Clive said and t- really easy to learn Class Splendid, um, yeah, well So one, one for one at the moment so let's
0: hope uh, it yeah. continues
1: we might, we might be buying um, the other one you recommended which, whose name has slipped my mind briefly Oh, Santorini Santorini, yeah. we might be buying that as well
0: I think you'll enjoy that I've got I'm gonna go for some other two player ones next week as well I think cool okay um, but this one's good two players as well actually to be fair I'd, I'd recommend it and then once once you open up you've got some you've got a game to have pe- you know more people around and stuff uh, because it goes up to five so which is handy uh,
1: okay well I'm gonna move on to myself Um... <laughs> Selfish. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I'm going to be talking about, um, well, it's reasonably new, or at least to this country, the new TV show, which is exclusive to Disney+, Plus, uh, The Mandalorian, uh, the Star Wars Space Western TV show, um, based around a character not too dissimilar to Boba Fett, um, any Star Wars fans listening... Um, it's set after the events of Return of the Jedi, I mean this is all going well over Michael's head but uh, (laughs) um, but but before the events of the recent trilogy, um, the Mandalorian in question, played by Pedro Pascal um, is a bounty hunter who eventually takes on a job where he has to first capture and then bring a baby alien creature to some ex-members of the Empire, or basically ex-Nazis um, brilliantly played by Werner Herzog. It must be added. Um, I don't know how, who persuades him to do certain things, but um, he, he he seems to his his films seem to take on you know a level of you know academic and intellectual <laughs> superiority, and then he decides to be in Jack Reacher and a Star Wars TV show. So, yeah, he's really <laughs> bizarre, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> something about him is quite odd, uh, but in a great way. Anyway. Um, This also stars, well, aside from uh, Pedro Pascal and Werner Herzog, um, it it also stars Gina Carano, the former uh, MMA fighter. It also stars Nick Nolte, who uh, obviously recently sadly passed away. Um, It stars Tycho Batitti. And it has a theme song composed by Ludwig Göransson, which I would shag if I could. (laughs) 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 <laughs> it's incredible! Um, wow! It's, Get it on the it DVD ma- box. <laughs> 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 it's if if you honestly listen to it, and it sounds like <laughs> one one the theme. <laughs> it's one one of the one of the best theme songs I've ever heard. It's a classic western-inflected um, orchestral piece. Fantastic! I'm definitely listening to it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the si- <laughs> the series is probably most famous for anyone who's even heard of it for the introduction of Baby Yoda um, turns out that this is the creature that the Mandalorian has to capture and eventually, no surprise decides to protect uh, incredibly cute um, I mean, the merchandise potential for that, I'm sure has been ringing some cash registers at Dis- Disney HQ Um <laughs> But to be honest with you, as much as you know his introduction and the entire series is a crash commercial venture, um, it's really good fun. It's like I said, uh, the decision to make this a Western TV show, essentially set in space, was a natural choice uh, and a very good one. Um, it really works as the Mandalorian, as this gunslinger, as such. And each episode has, although it is a continuous series, each episode feels like it's quite standalone, a bit like the kind of western serials of the sixties, and that really works in its own respect. Um, the action is tense, Um obviously it's Star Wars, so it's not made for an audience, you know, of extremely, uh, you know, of extreme maturity, but um, it, it still feels threatening enough, and it has a cast of you know recurring people you will know who. Um, make this really interesting. Um, it was being shown weekly essentially on Disney Plus, presumably as a method of keeping their subscription up. Um, but it's now entirely available. So if you join Disney Plus now, you could see it all for whatever their monthly fee is, I believe, five ninety nine. Um and I'd really recommend it. So if you're a Star Wars fan, and uh, particularly if you um like the idea of a Star Wars Western, which I really did. Uh, this is a lot of fun. I mean, it, it's not game-changing, but um, it was a, it's was. it been a welcome distraction, this lockdown.
0: Awesome. I've seen this as well, actually, uh, a while ago. Oh, well, I don't know, maybe a couple of months ago. Whenever it came out. Um, and, yeah, it is, I really enjoyed it. I Again, um, Baby Yoda, massive cash cow for definite. They were probably like... I wonder whether they were just like, "What could we invent?" I think somebody came up with the idea of baby Yoda, then they did the rest around it, probably. <laughs> uh, like, yes, this is this is going to make some dollar. But um, that aside, it's really it's really good. Baby Yoda's is cute. Um, it, it does really work, um, and the theme tune is very good, like you said. <laughs> uh, I can't. I've not got loads more to add because I uh, watched it a while ago, and I can't remember massively. Um, what my thoughts were exactly. I remember being thinking a little bit of the last couple of episodes we possibly could have been squished into one. Uh, that's the only criticism I can really recommend. But yeah, it's really watchable, really fun, um, just a good like has that kind of Star Wars easy breezy kind of feel to it. Yeah, which is good um, in a series, and it's, it's like you say really well produced and stuff. It's definitely not low budget, very very high budget, um, and yeah, it's, it was it was really good. I thoroughly enjoyed watching it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's a Star Wars TV show. You're not expecting it to reinvent the wheel. Um, um, mm. But sometimes you just want that to, you know, hit the right kind of buttons in your head, and, and it, it just does. It's brilliant. Um, and I think there, there is definitely scope for this to be a multi-series show, um, and, and I'll be watching it um, most definitely. Um, I think, I mean, Disney Plus seemed to have aside from obviously putting on all the Marvel content, and for me the, the entire back catalogue of The Simpsons has been a, a selling point, but I think their long term success will be in TV shows like this and mm-hmm. um, hopefully it continues I mean, right now, the only thing that's keeping my subscription to them going, is the fact that they've got all The Simpsons and there's only so much of The Simpsons that that actually any good, so um, they're going to have to come up with something, and <laughs> frankly, otherwise, I'm going to cancel. And uh, uh, do you have Disney Plus, or was this a high seas job, Clive? Uh,
0: I I wouldn't like to comment. It's
1: high seas, Which then. Well. Uh,
0: <laughs> Actually, to be fair, well, I watched it with uh, cable and uh, Paul and Josh, I think. Uh, but I believe that was a high seas.
1: Job. I was going to say the minute you mentioned those three. That was just <laughs> We know. Getting raided tomorrow, Clive.
2: You can't, you can't socially distance from the law. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
0: That's the episode title right there. Uh, <laughs> that should be the new police advert. <laughs> well, I say advert, you know what I mean. <laughs> you know that thing they used to have at the start of... Um, <laughs> Videos where it's like Wah! I don't know if they still do Bow down, yeah. in. And it turned out they've hilariously copied <laughs> Stolen the, the, the yeah. music <laughs> They should have one of those uh, But also with some stolen music Because why not just carry on the trend Ending in You can't social distance from the law <laughs> Maybe with someone pointing a gun at you Or something at the end
1: I feel like it should be I don't know why In my head I've got super hands delivering the line I don't know why <laughs> Not Matt king. He's actually has to be. In Maybe California. he could. Yeah, he could also make the music.
2: <laughs> yeah, <he> could. Yeah, <laughs> this is gold. What are their? I'm trying to think. What's their best ever band name? Jeremy and Superhands. Uh, <laughs> I did like when they were called Various Artists to fuck over iPod users. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, it's yeah. not—it's it's not a band name, but the, the best name that they made is surely the Swan and Pedo for their pub.
2: Absolutely, <laughs> is Curse These Metal Hands for one of theirs? Probably,
1: <laughs> quite possibly. I can't remember. I think it is. <laughs> I should—I should add, by the way, before we totally move on from the Mandalorian, um, it was directed um, by John Favreau, who. Has somebody pointed out online has completed the the Disney hat trick, uh, so he's done a Star Wars TV show, he did a Disney re adaptation in the Jungle Book, and he's also done Iron Man. So he's basically a Pixar film away from the quad. Um, he seems to be the safe pair of hands that they're looking for. Uh, frankly, you know, he's pretty good at it. To be fair.
0: Mm, yeah, I can imagine he's probably going to get a lot more stuff if he keeps uh, keeps up this safe pair of hands. There, we don't want people like um, Ryan Johnson coming in and just fucking going a bit mad.
1: <laughs> yeah, you want you want someone who's going to toe the line, but well, you no, know, toe it <laughs> yeah. with style. Um, okay, um, S- sorry to
2: uh, sorry to interrupt, but I've just remembered their actual best band. name definitely <laughs> gone. Danny Dyer's Choc- Chocolate Homunculus. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, and I've got that I've got the uh, well we're thingy- doing things that we found i found the lyric um, it goes I'll just throw it out of context because what the fuck <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm fearful of flying I'm fearful of flying and flying is fearful of me <laughs> I've covered my eyes when she told me the news turning me on with my lightsaber cock sucking blows and then it goes into just this that is horrendous true. horrendous but great riff dylan Dylan-esque uh, yeah, uh, the way he says the line, I'm fearful, <laughs> flying is fearful of me. Just, no, just love it. Uh, it's great. People should check it out. It's only two minutes as well.
2: In fact, one minute 52, according to this That's, I'm going to lovely sp- Apple Music banner down here. I'm going straight there after this, and then I'm going to that theme <laughs> sock. <laughs> you are going to have a interesting time. <laughs> Cause there's quite a, quite a juxtaposition. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get them the wrong way around. <laughs> yeah, I don't know which way around's the right way around, to I? <laughs> I'd watch a Disney Plus show uh, soundtracked by McCluskey. <laughs> <laughs> there is no way they're getting that gig. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, guys, uh, we'd love you to do this, but please follow these very strict rules. <laughs> which your songs clearly never do. Not happen, is it? <laughs> no, I don't think count so. Eight, I, hope, eight I hope they do. I hope they do a, a film in in the sort of quality of the video.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> for those who will have seen it after this. Lo Fi you know, Disney,
1: some, new genre.
0: Yeah, some yeah, some Lo Fi Disney. That'd be lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Has
1: anybody got anything else they want to talk about briefly? Or are we saving things for the next podcast?
0: Um I've got a few more games I was gonna recommend, but I might save them to talk about them properly. Um Because I think I think they're ones that you'll like. Al, but yeah I'll save it right. for next time
2: i I'm, I'm going to try and talk about some more specific stuff next time um uh, so i'm not i don't think i'll delve into anything in particular but what i've been thinking about lately is how the pace of change in culture generally and especially in music is quite glacial and um what i've what i've noticed in the last couple of weeks is like how few bands that i consider to be among the best and the most established have been formed in this century like a lot of the bands that I'd put in that bracket are still bands that were formed in the 90s if not earlier so I've been oh. listening I've been I don't know I've found myself listening to bands that were formed this century that I consider among the best so I don't know it's, I haven't thought this through so it's by no means exhaustive but on the British side it's basically Arctic Monkeys the 1975 and everything everything um, and on the on the American side I think Bonnie Iver are probably the best I think um, hmm. I'd say, yeah. uh, and then there's some of the good ones, Beach House, Fleet Foxes. But a lot of the a lot of the metal bands that I'd consider in that sort of area ref- were formed earlier than that. So I just think it's an interesting thing about how it takes a long time for genres to emerge and bands to, you know, really establish themselves with runs of great albums. Just something that's been on my hmm. mind, but it's interesting to uh, to look at that sometimes hmm
0: definitely yeah. I like the way that you um, you're always thinking about stuff Michael whereas I feel like <laughs> I wake up and I'm like shall I have granola or that shredded wheat with raisins in it <laughs> it's a what? Co- and that's about because it gets
1: <laughs> shredded wheat with raisins I didn't even know that was a thing I mean it's
0: an Aldi copy but I don't, so I don't know if it's a copy of the real thing or if they've gone off the, the chain and done their own thing I don't think they will have done their own thing because Aldi lives off stealing everyone else's stuff and doing it just as well <laughs> with a, with a hilariously similar name Mm. like instead of of cookie crisp cookie chips
2: great (laughs) that kind of ties back in nicely to how I was saying we sort of live one step removed from things I'm sure you you intended it
0: (laughs) (laughs) exactly I'm I'm just trying to link in uh, into your highbrow points Michael with my incredibly lowbrow ones I'm I'm all for
2: lowbrow, love a bit of it
1: I found myself, um, watching a few films that, um, I hadn't seen, but they're just new to me, they're not new, so I finally saw the Ben Wheatley film Sightseers, uh, this week, which I very much enjoyed, um, and I also, what else did I watch? I definitely watched something else that obviously hadn't stuck with me. Oh no, I watched a film called Burning Kane on Netflix as well, which I actually would probably recommend, but I won't give a full review of now. Um... Also, if anybody's looking for a TV show to be watching on the go, um, I'd really recommend Normal People, uh, the Sally Rooney adaptation that's currently on BBC. Um, All episodes available on demand, I believe.
2: If you haven't been recommended Normal People in the last couple of weeks, then I don't know where you've been living.
0: Yeah. I was just going to say I got recommended it. To be fair, only, only yesterday, so... Apparently, previous to that, I was living under a rock. But um, <laughs> yesterday's, yeah.
2: yesterday's within the time frame. That's fine.
0: <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'll probably go and watch it. We're currently watching. Um, well, we're talking about things that we're watching. The not watching a lot of stuff. In fact, the only thing we've been watching is the Jordan. Well, it's not a Jordan documentary. It's the last year of uh, the Bulls. Oh with yeah, Phil Jackson and Jordan, etc. Uh, on Netflix, which is really good. I'm enjoying that. I'm definitely going to watch that. It jump, jumps around a lot, but it's it's really good um, and. Yeah, we've both been enjoying it and, you know, I was not massively into basketball. I, neither, I mean, I, really, I like, really like basketball. I wouldn't say no know loads about it, uh, but it's really interesting, especially because they've got such strong characters in that team, in Jordan, um, Scotty Pippen and... Dennis obviously, obviously Dennis Rodman, <laughs> who's just absolutely crackers. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a good valley for money and it comes out um, on Mondays, I think, they released two new episodes every Monday so we're, we're caught up at the moment which is good in a way it's quite nice actually that they're petering them out rather than being able to binge it so it's something to look forward to
2: yeah that's what I like I'm, 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 in, over, uh, I'm over binge watch. well I was never a big fan of binge watching but I definitely prefer things to be spaced like that hmm yeah it, especially in times like this where you've literally got nothing to look forward to yeah well it's that's I found myself buzzing each week for University Challenge last month <laughs> <laughs> not even, not a even an exaggeration I loved it <laughs>
0: I know someone who's been on it now, so... Mate, oh, yeah? Yeah, there's a video of her on it. Oh, yeah. I was like, bullshit, and then she sent me a YouTube... I was like, all right, yeah.
1: Wow. <laughs> Did I you don't immediately you feel intimidated?
0: Um, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the where I work is full of incredibly intelligent people, so I spend most of my life feeling pretty intimidated. <laughs> just sort of <laughs> using big words that I don't really understand, but hoping that people think I do know what they mean. I'm just hoping I've got them in the right context. And I'm gonna rise they're through all, the ranks, just completely on a uh, get to the top, and then they'll all realise they're
2: all rushing off to a the fucking uh, idiot, <laughs> rushing off to the breakout area to take the piss out of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've made another teams meeting on the side. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, now yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I don't know anyone who's been on University Challenge. However, the quiz I did last Saturday was compared to it unfairly. I thought
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was very hard. <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> it was a lot easier than the your challenge
0: <laughs> we're about to get um, so we've been doing quizzes with El's uh, family Like we did last week's one which went pretty well um, I, my, it wasn't too high I think I played it right it's quite hard because there's quite a wide breadth of interest in the family uh, but next week it's El's uh, dad which I'm looking forward to I'm expecting it to just be entirely about farming and me not have a clue <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd like to watch that <laughs> so, <laughs> i looking
2: forward to it. <laughs> what are you going many... to put for every answer in that area to try and get points?
1: Sheep. Ber- <laughs> <laughs> Lambs. <laughs> massive, that, chi- po- massive chickens. you massive chickens. Yes. You feed beef burgers what <laughs> <one>. to <sweat. laughs> Have you ever? So have Any you got question
2: involving swans, beef burgers is the answer.
1: <laughs> Clive, have you got to the point in the relationship where you can ask him that question?
2: I don't think he'd get it, but yeah,
0: we he totally could. Uh. You know that that uh, parody song I did the other day. I sent him that, so we're at that level,
2: <laughs> which uh, was quite offensive. <laughs> Right, <coughs> wait, I okay. wanted to ask you about Ben Wheatley.
1: Oh, yeah, go on. Um
2: have you seen everything he's done? No. Cuz right, because I was really excited about him after I failed in England and High Rise and then I liked Free Fire, wasn't it? But um yeah. it didn't blow me away like like his previous work. And then after that I didn't I haven't watched anything else, so I didn't know if he'd like fizzled out or if it was I mean, I'm sure I'll see them at some point,
1: but well, I think he's only done one film since then. I think he did um it was a Is TV film. Um, happy New Year! Yeah, it was Year, a couple Colin of years back though, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Um, right. I, I don't. Be- well, I'm not positive, but I don't believe he's done anything else since. Um, I haven't seen a field in England, or um, well, not all the way through. Anyway, um, I think I a field in England. I, I love, but it's one of those
2: films that people would would use to take the, the uh, piss out of my film test. Do you know what I
1: mean? Yeah, it's,
2: it's it's not for everyone. Um. And we've talked about Ballard a lot lately and High Rise is excellent, I thought. But.
1: Mm-hmm. That, I, have you seen Sightseers? No, I haven't actually seen it, no. Do you know what it's about? Yes. Well, <laughs> it, it's brilliant. Um, I'll say no more. Um, <laughs> anyway, I know he needs to have his uh, quarterly shit, so let's get this wrapped up. <laughs> Clive, um, what time is it? Hang on. <laughs> Are you just... eating? <coughs> have you started shitting already? No,
0: <laughs> no I, was, I was acting the part. I don't actually, I'm not doing anything. I just thought I'd, you know, I'm building the tension, but you guys just fucked it by <laughs> insinuating that I'm eating during a podcast as if I'd do
2: <laughs> something so unprofessional. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't rule out shitting during one, though. That's interesting.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that I think that'd be fine as long as you had the setup, but I don't. I'd, I'd have to move away, which would be rude. If I could carry it into the toilet, <laughs> that's fine. You're still paying attention, which is the key thing. Uh, well, I suppose you could eat and pay attention, but it would just be noisy, and I'd have to edit it out and my yeah. myself <laughs> work. Really, uh, <clears throat> sort of short-term enjoyment for long-term pain—that would be, which not really worth it.
2: That's that, so... now That's the title of the episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> title of my life. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm staring at the the time on this, um, oh I'm not staring at it, it's, you know Windows keeps telling me it needs to do an update and I keep saying press bone and it keeps covering up the, hang on, oh! It's plug time! <laughs> stick, stick around cast, I um, can't believe it's been covering that up for the last hour, um, how appalling. So, at StickAroundCast on Twitter, follow us there. You can follow us on slash Podcast on Facebook.com. You can find us on com, where you will also find, oh, a fabulous new, uh, various fabulous new things I'm going to plug, actually. I'll start with mine, because I'm selfish. Um, but actually, because I'm being selfless, because people only remember the last thing you say. Um, <laughs> so bear that in mind, guys, because I'm going to put my favourite of you two last. <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> Now it's Shit, tense. I've done, you have built I've done my, now.
0: I've dug <laughs> myself a hole now. And I don't like it.
2: <laughs> uh, anyway, the first
0: thing is my thing, which is <clears throat> I'm doing the uh, top five albums of every year as rated by rateyourmusic.com. Uh, I've got I've done 1960, 61, 62, and you know that's it, I'm doing sixty three at the minute. It's nearly done, so that might be up by the time I'm, this gets out. I haven't read I haven't read
2: sixty two yet, but I might just do that while Ooh. listening to McCluskey. Oh,
1: <laughs> what a combo.
2: and then putting on the Star Wars I mean this is just going to be an interesting <laughs> mix of... <laughs> well judging by what Wayne said I don't think I'll be able to read anything while listening to the Star Wars one
0: <laughs> I think I'll be struggling during McCluskey as well <laughs> uh, but okay so yeah that that's up uh, thoroughly enjoying that thanks for uh, everyone who's been giving me lovely little comments and uh, sending me messages saying they're enjoying it so that's good Um the next thing... Fuck, I really have to... Go. I'm just going to do it in order of uh, order that they went up. So mine was the latest. Before that, we've got um, Alex Wayne with a fabulous article called Bring Your Own History about, uh, about many things. You should read it. I don't feel uh, I can, on a whim, give it credit enough. Bing, bong, bong! Post edit, Clive here, going to attempt to summarise it. It's a look at your, how your history affects how you consume art, how things that you've experienced in your life affect the way you see, you know, films, etc. You should check it out, it's great. Bing, bong, bong. It's really good. Beautiful thing. I really enjoyed reading it. I read it as soon as uh, Al sent me it and it was an emotional time. Um, Michael's also put up a fabulous article about the 2015 Brit Awards performance by Kanye West. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Michael. No, that's, that's right, yeah. Uh, Which is also fabulous and just uh, well, I I like Alex's article. Brilliantly written. Uh, I read and I'm like, I don't understand how you can write this good. Um,
1: So yeah, it's very kind, thank you. Well, you understand. You understand. We've read your articles. Yeah, I like the way, like
2: the way uh, that felt like a trap because he was like, a fabulous article about this and that, correct me if I'm wrong, and I was like, no, that's right, that's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is fabulous. It <laughs> uh, also features the, um, the the performance itself embedded at the top there using my wonderful, wonderful that's, technical skills. That is cutting edge, that. Cutting edge, yeah. But you should also go to um, Michael's blog where there's loads of other stuff, which is, is it Roads to the North, Michael? Roads to the North.com. Roast to the north.com Thank you. not messing about nope. get there it's a good road to be on um, so yeah go on podcast.com. you can see every, all that stuff um, and as well as all our episodes uh, which is I mean probably the highlight let's be honest that's, that's, that's the main thing we do but um, all, these, all these bloody sideshows going on turn into Disney fuck's sake
1: <laughs> not again
0: <laughs> controversial Disney uh, yes, and send us an email, stickaroundpodcast gmail or contact on the website. You can still do that. The website's had a bit of a redesign, by the way, so also just 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 look at that if you've already read everything. Looks sexy. Uh, ooh, yeah. Uh, I mean, not to quote Alex, but his first reaction was, <laughs> "If it was possible, I'd shag it."
2: <laughs> it's true.
1: It's true. Very shaggable <laughs> <laughs> and, and on that bombshell. Uh, <laughs> We'll be back uh, if you know maybe in a week or two weeks time. Maybe under lockdown, maybe not. Um, he's been Michael Johnson. I have. Um, he's still Clive Fisher. Bye. <laughs> and I'm Alex Wayne, I suppose. Um uh, Well hosted Alex Wayne, as always. Cheers, those. Remember guys, come back next time and stick around.
0: Stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Thank you all for listening, rest assured that you have found the best podcast in the
1: universe, it's Stick Around.